This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show, which is uh, approximately seven o'clock on a Friday. And I am, of course, uh, Stamford Chidge. Lovely to be here. Lovely to be back with proper blooming football. It's been like a black hole for the last couple of weeks, of course, with international football and the absolute miasma that it is. But there you go. Anyway, as ever on the show tonight is the wonderful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Lovely to be on the show, Chidge. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. It's always it's actually very nice to see um, you're you're being recognised uh, properly nowadays. You're not you're not some just some dubious appendage of mine. You know, <laughs> the, I, I read my CFC copy today and it had a lovely uh, had a lovely review of your your new book, and uh, it was put in there yeah. that you are the co-presenter, and of course are now famous for your uh, for your uh, fan bites. Oh, sweet. Thank you. So there you go. When, did you, get, when did you get promoted? I, I, uh, I, you must have done it subtly. Pass me by. I, must I loved the, the reaction to Monday's show when we did the um, the history of saying that they were, they were, the, the person, they were not impressed. They were sort of amazed by how upset I was getting <laughs> as the season was going on, which, uh, um, uh, but it's, I, I don't know how you don't get upset if you've lived through that and you feel the same emotion. But I think I've, I've said to you the the nil nil Chelsea Sheffield Wednesday was one of the was one of the lows of yeah. watching one of my lows ever for watching Chelsea going up to Hillsborough to see the team not try was when you're third in the league with five games to go was absolutely something I, I will always mm. I will never get over. I really won't as a Chelsea fan. Mm. To see them somehow just throwing in the towel, as I said so early. So, but it was nice to hear that somebody was they they shared my grief. They shared the uh, the uh, the emotion. It was lovely. I'd forgotten really how just how bad that was actually. Anyway, who have we got on the show with us tonight? J.K. 
funny you should say that. I've never seen before in my life, either of them. I don't know. <laughs> Brain folks getting worse. Don't even, don't even know who you are, do we? No, I don't. I look in the mirror and I can't recognise myself. And it's like, who am I? I keep saying to myself every day, and, and why are you wearing those strange glasses? Um, and why are you wearing that dress? Um, but uh, in actual fact, uh, one of them is um, uh, the grocer himself, the the excellent... Uh, um, um, what I love is the fact every time we're on Tony, everybody says on Twitter how fantastic to see that Tony Glover was on the show, hear that Tony Glover was on the show again, which is always testament to your 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 excellence. So, uh, Thank you so much, so well done. Uh, all I would say is joyeux vendredi à vous. Oh, merci bien. Oh, oh. très gentil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, and, and this this is my this is my. Um, cherry Popping Friday. I have never done the preview show. Have you never done the preview never show? Never done the preview show. No way. I am a Friday virgin. I can't believe that. How yeah. remiss of us. Yes. Well, there we go. How lovely I that you're... You used to do it in London, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. There, but, uh, it's a violent yeah, so, and, uh, and it, this, this is actually uh, my excuse for not going down to the bowls club and helping my wife behind the bar tonight. Yay! Well done. I'm glad glad we could oblige, Tony. And of course, uh, who else have we got with us, J.K.? Well, it just so happens somebody else has kind of never mm. seen before in my life. Um, it is, of course, the uh, the fabulous Adam Newson from uh, Football London, who is um, uh, is I think part of the panel now from now on, as far as I can see. He's just he's there every week and is uh, as always uh, uh, terrific. And um, whose uh, credit and uh, popularity grows and grows each week on Twitter. So uh, fantastic. Good for you, Adam. Great. So deserve it. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. There we go. Oh, there yeah. we go. I was going to say, I wasn't on last week, but then there wasn't a show. So that's no, no, but, no, but all right. All right. You know what I mean. <laughs> Come on. Being a bit pedantic, you know, week before and the week before that. <laughs> well, we're very privileged that Adam, uh, who is, I, I know, I know how hard he works at Football London and everything else, so um, we're very privileged that he can uh, find the time to spend it with us on a Friday or a Monday, for that matter. Now, uh, let's get stuck into it because, of course, we had a uh, you know had an early, actually caught me by surprise actually the pre- uh, the uh, the press conference was a bit early today, so uh, I-, I missed it because I was working. But uh, I of course I of course Adam referred to football uh, uh, football London's coverage of said press conference, so I know what happened. Um, so let's kick off with the injuries because obviously the usual fear after a flaming international break is that half the players come back crocked, uh, especially Pulisic, of course. But that hasn't been the case this time. But we we are still. Uh, I think the way I read it is we're definitely down. Uh, you know, Lukaku and Kovacic are not ready yet. Um, but I, I the way I read it between the lines is that Werner, Pulisic, and Mount and Silva might all be a doubt certainly to start. Would that be fair enough? Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, Lukaku, I think Tuchel said, hopefully back on Sunday, Kovacic a bit longer. I don't think Werner will start at all, and I'd be surprised if Pulisic does. I think Mount May, because um, he's actually had the international break off, essentially, because of, of the the wisdom teeth situation uh, that he had to have surgery on, and I'm sure you've seen the very amusing video of him post-surgery that's been doing the rounds on social. Um, but there's no reason physically why he can't start um so i wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't and yeah tiago silva look he's 37 he's done a lot of traveling he surprisingly played i think three back-to-back games before the international break which surprised us all probably um so 
I wouldn't be hugely surprised if he doesn't start and we see Christensen in the middle and maybe Reese James at right centre-back, which is something we saw in the FA Cup final and in the Premier League game against Leicester second half of last season that Tuchel did to Max Rardi's pace. So it wouldn't be surprising if we do that again. Did he not say, though, that Silva didn't play in the uh, in the last game for Brazil? So... Um... Uh, I thought he mentioned that in the in the press conference. In which yeah, case, but I think with you've got Juventus on the Tuesday, the travelling. Yeah, I get you. I get and, you. And and then you've also got you can argue which is the tougher fixture between Leicester and Man United. But then you do have Man United next weekend. So if you if you're backing them to play two a week, then you probably probably keep him fresher for this one. Uh, we've sorry, been, keep been wrong in the past, though. We've been wrong in the oh, past. Oh yeah, exactly. So, what do you, you, what do you mean in the past? We're wrong every week. <laughs> no, not about silver in particular. No, I've now I've now got used to picking silver. You've still been going. No, no, no. He'll be mothballed, and I've got him right. It's everybody else I've got right. It's it's the I got wrong. It's the uh, it's the it's the one that just pops up that we we didn't think about. You know, it's um. In this, in, in, yeah, what was it the other day? We got completely wrong. It was Barkley being being up in the front there. So there's, uh, there's never any like you can never second guess to call. He's always got something yeah. to throw in and uh, to completely confuse you and, and make you look wrong yeah, in your predicted teams. Always throws in a curveball, does Tommy T. Um, the, I thought the other interesting thing, Adam, was his his talk about uh, Jorginho, um, who, of course, missed a penalty for Italy, which means they're now having to go into the playoffs. Um, I'm just kind of surprised by the question, really. But uh, I mean, he batted. I mean, this is the thing about Tuchel, actually. I have to say. You know, I, I love his press conferences because he's an absolute master because he, he he never... I mean, the man should be a politician. He never answers the question, but he does it in a very, very uh, benign way. You know, whereas Pep is an arsehole. Klopp is an arsehole. They belittle the journalists and they just, they just... They're petulant. But he's lovely. He always answers the questions, but without ever really answering the questions in the way they want. And I think he's brilliant. I, he's a very charming man. I like him a lot. But anyway, Jorginho. Yeah, just on that, I think from in, ter- in terms of handling the media and getting the message he wants to get across, and admittedly he does it in a different way to the person I'm going to reference now, I think he's probably the most smartest Chelsea coach with the media since Jose Mark One, probably, because Tuchel, as you say, he gets what he wants to get across and he doesn't ever feel like he's not answered a question, but he probably has given the answer that is safe enough to, to keep what he wants within the club so yeah in that sense he's great um and we say it's, it's very enjoyable that we get to speak to him a couple of times a week um in terms of Jorginho yeah he missed a penalty and it, and it you know it's forced Italy to go into the playoffs of, for the World Cup I don't think it's going to hugely affect Jorginho because at Chelsea is his situation is very settled he he knows his standing within the within the team he knows how much Tuchel rates him um I guess the only question is look Jorginho has missed six penalties now since the start of last season is that something to consider going forward? Maybe because if Lukaku's fit, Lukaku has an incredible record. I don't think he missed one for Inter. Um, so maybe you look at changing that, but um, but I don't think it's going to be a huge issue with Jorginho, to be honest. Yeah, it's a very, I, I you know, I, I thought it was a bit of a non question. Of course, he's going to be fine. I thought it was quite interesting the way he referred to it as a, he's back in his safe place, which is lovely. Yes. Now, um, he was very avuncular, wasn't he, Chidge, about he, it? Yeah, he's, he's, he's happy, isn't he, old Tuchel? But wouldn't you be, yeah. mate? You know, sitting at the top of the league. Lovely. Got all his boys back. None of them have come back crocked, you know. Lovely. Now, Pulisic even scored. Pulisic scored uh, the he, winner. Against, scored against Mexico, didn't good, he? Good goal, too. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm more of him later, I think. Uh, but... Uh, 
Uh, it was, I was, you know, obviously they were going to ask about Conor Gallagher, which pleased me. I was laughing with Adam earlier on that the article that I planned to write a few weeks ago, I didn't actually end up getting out to Football London until uh, Monday, which was actually perfect because he got called up for England. So it made it look wonderful. But uh, I was, again, he answered it without really giving it what they want. I mean, he clearly rates him, but he's not going to rush things, is he? No, no, it was. I think he was asked directly, "Could you recall him in January?" And he basically said, "Well, that would be pointless because he's doing very, very well, and, and why disrupt that?" And look, you speak to people around the club, and, and you know, Tuchel was impressed by Gallagher in the summer. He liked what he saw. Um, he liked his attitude. He liked his his tenacity, his ability to recover the ball. Is something Tuchel was mentioned already in press conferences. And I don't think it's hugely unfeasible that Gallagher gets incorporated into the squad next season because Tuchel really does seem to like him. Saying that, Chelsea do have a lot of midfielders. And if you bring back Conor Gallagher, then there's a question about who maybe goes, maybe a Barkley, maybe, you know, look, Chelsea aren't going to sign Saul unless he absolutely has an outstanding second half of the season. So maybe there is space, but obviously with Ruben, Kante, Jorginho, Kovacic. Adam, they don't don't have, I mean, this is the point of my piece, they don't have any other midfielder like Conor Gallagher. They don't, and I think he's more of a natural replacement for N'Golo Kante than anyone else in that squad because you can put him into that box-to-box role and he will win the ball back a lot. And uh, score goals. And yes, what I was going to say, love that's, about that's the only difference between him and Kante is that he has that genuine goal threat as well. So look, It's almost must... a, a Gerd Muller type of being able to be facing in the opposite direction in the, uh, in, the goal, in, the, in the goal area and spin round and, and hit the ball. And... Um, uh, uh, which I, I, it's such a, it's such a, well, you know, it, it's, it's what we all attempted to do when we were little, but he seems to have carried on doing that and not have it coached out of him. And he even did the same in the England game and he hit the post. Um, it was that same thing of, you think, well, he can't get a shot off. He's got a shot off. And because he's, un, he's unsighted facing the other way, it's going to, it, and he doesn't need to be a very hard shot because he's always attempting a shot on goal in those, in those particular areas. And I, I, I think he's, um, I don't think we possess anybody like him in the team, actually. And, and I, I think he'll, whatever, I, it'll be difficult where you put him, but I think he should, he'll start next year. I really do. Mm. Now, remember where you heard it first. Tony, you look poised. No, I, I he, he, you mentioned him in that Gerb Muller, which is high praise indeed, really, because I, 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 I'm old enough to remember um, what a phenomenal player he was. And he, he was the antithesis, antithesis of every perfect striker he wasn't tall he wasn't slim but by god he could batter his way through and score goals you know so and I what I've seen of Conor Gallagher has been outstanding and I think I agree Tommy will be pleased to know that I agree with him um on the (laughs) fact that I I don't think there's any reason to bring him back until the end of this season um where he's had a full season um a, a, a bit like Loftus Cheek did with with Fulham, and that where they get that that proper game time, I think it'd be no point in bringing him back if he's just going to be sat on the bench, um, seizing up or you know not getting that 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 experience that game time. And he's going to get fantastic game time where he is. He is really is he's, he's a a superb player, superb. Yeah, I agree with you too, mate. I, I think let him let him let him flourish at Palace and then then bring him back. Yeah. Uh, and then he can challenge because, I mean, you know, Jorginho and Kante, uh, I mean, let's be honest, you know, we've got two potential Ballon d'Or winners sitting in our midfield. 
they're not going anywhere soon, but they're not really getting any younger. And as I said, I think I think Gallagher offers something that nobody else in that side genuinely offers. Um, of perhaps more uh, pressing matters, Adam. Uh, though obviously, you know, Rudiger and Christensen and their contacts uh, contracts were going to be talked about at the presser. Obviously, he wasn't going to say anything. So I'm going to ask you, how do you feel about that situation? Um, probably not hugely different to the last time we talked about it. Um, I still expect Rudiger to not sign a new contract before January and assess his options, see what's on the table. It may be a case of you get to April, um, April, May, and it's still not sorted out. But that doesn't 100% mean he's not going, but it does give him scope and he's probably more out the door than in the door at the moment. Um, Christensen, I do still expect to sign. There are issues to solve um, between more the sort of player's side of things and the club, not the player himself. Um, but as Tuchel said this morning, actually, he's got a coach who wants him to stay, the club wants him to stay, and the player wants to stay. So you've got the three things you need at the end of the day. So you'd like to think it all gets sorted out fairly soon. So, um, yeah, Christensen, I still expect to sign, and Rudiger's definitely the one that's more up in the air. But um, I don't think that's going to be resolved anytime soon. Just a kind of a final one on, on the presser. Um, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think Southgate's been an absolute plum about uh, Hudson Odoi, as as have a lot of, I mean, Trevor Sinclair springs to mind, but there are plenty more plums in that uh, fruit basket. But um, I don't care really what England think or what Gareth Southgate <coughs> thinks or what Trevor Sinclair <coughs> thinks. Um, I'm more interested in what Thomas Tuchel thinks, and I'm wondering if Hudson Odoi's. Um, decision to stay behind and train more with Chelsea may well stand him in good stead with Tuchel and for, you know, really becoming a regular. I mean, what, what do you think? Yeah, perhaps. I think it's it's a very complex situation and, and it shouldn't be obviously forgotten that I think it's uh, by next year, Callum could decide to represent Ghana if he so chose. So that's obviously the rubbling on the background. I think it's probably what people point towards a bit too quickly. Um Hasan Adoy is, is, as Tuchel said, he, it's his decision. He's a grown-up. He can take that decision and, and live with the consequences of it and live with the talk that comes with it. That's fine. Yes, Tuchel likes having players at Cobham and, and under his watch because he knows exactly what they're doing and, and reduces the risk of potential injuries. I think there's an element of, yeah, Tuchel wouldn't mind if if Hudson Doy goes away with England or, or even with the under-21s because there is an element of prestige to, to that. I think Tuchel said as much today and and there isn't, you know, uh, still a learning curve for Callum to, to undertake. And you can get that on a 21 level. I don't think it is is completely out of the question that you can do that. So it is quite a complex situation. But as Tuchel said, he's not there to make judgments on it at the end of the day. He's there to coach the player. And if the player decides to stay with Chelsea, then he will coach him for the week and prepare him for, for Saturday. And that's probably better for Chelsea as a, as a club. Um, and Callum will have to just live with it as an individual if he does get, get criticised for it or, or there is a debate around it. But you know, it's his choice. He's made it and he can he can handle what's, what comes with that. Mm, absolutely. Um, just to change tack a bit, you wrote a, a, a brilliant piece this week. Of course, now you're going to tell me that it wasn't you who wrote it and I'm going to look at it a plum as well. But uh, it was. I think you did, actually. So there we go. But uh, it was really a fascinating piece because it... It, it was all about uh, Thomas Tuchel's now... We're, I mean, look, we're now entering a very crucial part of the season. There are no more international breaks. We've got it out of the way. 
and we know that there's a monstrous backlog of fixtures and all of that. But you you made a really interesting few points about comparing what the likes of Mourinho, I think, and Lampard and Conte had done at this stage of the season and that Tuchel has to avoid that uh, dreaded pitfall. Would you like to elaborate for those who might not have read the piece? Yeah, I don't think it was my piece. because There we know. go. See, I told you I looked like a plum. Uh, Who wrote it then? Because it was bloody good. I think it might have been Daniel Childs who wrote that. Oh, um, Daniel. There we go. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was him because, yeah, I've been off this week. Um, so... So you, crux... you could have just taken all the credit there. Nobody no, 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 no. Daniel's uh, Daniel's <laughs> doing some really Daniel's doing some really good work he, he on football. Is. I don't. Um, he is. He very much is. Yeah. So I would, if you, yeah, I'd very much check it out if you have uh, have the time. Um, but no, that that piece is fair. Look, we we as Chelsea fans have have come to expect a a, a winter collapse um, or or a winter of discontent almost because look, as you say, under Conte we had it, under Sarri we had it, where it sort of led to the sort of inviting within the fan base that that winter because after a good start everything went a bit pear-shaped and i think there was the four there was the four nil loss to bournemouth wasn't there in that period which was awful um and then look we know what happened with frank after that 17 game and beating the run it all fell apart within six weeks so yeah it's what it's what Tuchel has to avoid um there are enough games within this next sort of month six weeks where you can very quickly lose momentum or you can very quickly build momentum. Um, I think what Tuchel's got on 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 his hands, though, is he's got a very strong squad and he's smart enough or, or that's not that's probably not the right word. He's experienced enough to know how to handle it. Um, so say he's been coaching 20 years. He he knows how to handle difficult runs, as he, as he said earlier, that there's uh, an excitement to coaching over this winter for him because he's never done it before, which is quite refreshing because most managers complain about it and moan about the schedule. He seems to want to embrace it and relish it. So I think all the ingredients are there for Chelsea to actually have quite a strong winter. And traditionally in title wins, when Chelsea have had a strong winter, they usually have then really stepped up in the second half of the season. So, um, so yeah, hopefully it's uh, it's hopefully more like that than the, than any of the sort of examples you cited well, a minute ago. For many for many years, Adam, on this particular show, uh, even Jonathan Moore, this is you know it predates Jonathan, but Jonathan's been around long enough to to remember this as well. But we used to have a constant refrain in November, which was "Remember, remember, we're shit in November," mm-hmm. because it was invariably true. So uh, hopefully Tuchel's dodged that bullet. Um, I'm just going to change tack again, actually, because there's a few other kind of things that have have, uh, been in the news this week in terms of Chelsea supporters. Uh, And one of them is the price rise for, yeah, for the West View. Uh, And well, actually, I think it's interesting because my understanding originally was that it's just the middle bit of the West View that was going to be turned into a kind of a pseudo corporate hospitality area. But actually, they're looking at making the whole of the West Upper now a premium place to sit so there are people who are sitting on the end who are going to have their season ticket prices doubled so there's that and of course interestingly enough almost at the same time they announced the results of the uh, election because there was only one election of the three ca- the, 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 you know basically the fans forum put a candidate forward to be um a supporters uh, a, a advisor on the board uh, and uh, the uh, kind of you know the uh, kind of diversity group and uh, you know minorities group were allowed to put one forward as well neither of whom were elected um but all the other supporters groups of which the supporters trust is one uh had to field a number of candidates of which i think there were six 
and then hold an election. Uh, anyway, that that process has now happened, and I'm delighted to say that that a mate of mine and uh, you know one of the original uh, Chelsea Sports Trust board members, Neil Beard, he actually was the vice chair when we first started. He's been elected. Um, and uh, Tim McGeever from the Fans Forum and the lovely Tracy Brown from uh, the uh, Diversity Group. And she's, uh, of course, runs uh, Chelsea Pride. She's been elected, not elected, but she's been put forward as well. So I thought it was a really interesting confluence of events that, uh, you know, the supporters advisory uh, advisors for the board were elected a mere three hours after uh, the uh, club announced one of arguably the most venal and pernicious changes to season ticket prices I think the club has ever seen but anyway I think you get the drift of what I think about it and actually it's really interesting because I know we've got JK I mean you were having a, a, a really interesting discussion with Dan on Twitter earlier JK because I think a lot of people missed the point about the corporate so I think it's more about the pricing that's that's the issue I think that, that sticks in a lot of people's craw. Well we were debating the uh, away season tickets that was the uh, the major issue of that as to why the, the the question was why did corporates get uh, away season yeah, tickets that's right. ahead of the the members and um uh, and i was just trying to um uh avoid the the fallacy that everybody in corporate is a johnny come lately and that everybody in corporate um is um uh, just gets tickets and doesn't actually go to the games whereas in actual fact large numbers of the away support are indeed corporate members who started off as not being corporate members and just because they happen to become successful in their jobs have decided that they want to sit in better seats they want to sit in the seats that have the better views apparently i mean obviously they're then avoiding the areas that they sat in when they started but it's a it's an aspirational thing and i don't think really that people should be um restricted to, to purchasing just because they've they're in an area which is seen by other supporters as being only <clears throat> for the rich uninterested as if, as yeah, if some... I think that's the fallacy isn't it that they're not proper fans but indeed they're not yeah. well I, I was just arguing that the reality is where I sit for example I'm in a corporate area it was it didn't start off as a corporate area yeah, Bates but... made it into a corporate area by adding bits to it it was just a bar it were just decent seats in the middle tier of um which i mean i i i aspired to that i was in uh i was in um east and upper i thought the better view is downstairs i'd like to go and sit there when i could afford it i went and sat there um and i've slowly but surely moved down as, as i could to the front every year you can just say any any seats available but in the meantime the whole place was made into corporate and hospitality so the price just went up i don't i hardly ever go there and eat it's not for me i just want to watch the game in very good seats and it just so happens that you get as part of the package is an away season ticket um now what was was being suggested to me that was that all people all corporates should have have the same lottery that everybody else has to get an away season ticket well i was just trying to argue that they're as much proper fans as anybody else and the positive behind it is that they pay so much more as and part of the the allure of being where they are the attraction of being where they are is that they get given an away season ticket so and i suppose it 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 means also from a business point of view chelsea aren't then having to deal with the bureaucracy of getting other people involved because part of the price of being in corporate is you get access to that yeah so you know, but, I, in, in, in you, you, you appreciate what I've been well, saying. Well, I think the, the main, I mean, I, that's a really good point. But the main issue, really, I think, is about uh, 
you know, hiking up. There, there are two issues here. One is hiking up the price by nearly 200% for a lot of people who have been sitting there for a very, very long time. No, I'm yes, talking sorry, about I was, the Westview. I wasn't, I wasn't and, answering and the second question. one, and the second issue is, is, of course, most of them won't be able to afford that uplift and therefore will have to be relocated somewhere else within the stadium, which will be, therefore, at the expense... Because it won't be at the expense of existing season ticket holders because they can't bump them. So that means there'll be less tickets available for members to to go to the game so it's pretty crass tony what do you think about it i i don't understand the corporate element of it but i think it's and this is my if you like uneducated view i think it's a sign of things to come they get away with this which they're going to because they run the club and it's their club and they can do what they like we've often spoken before about the fallacy that the clubs belong to the fans and the rubbish that went on during the European Super League about it being all about the fans and, and both me and um, uh, you, you know, Bob Haynes, Rob Haynes, don't you? Um, we're both sitting there saying, look, when will you get the idea into your head that it's not about the fans? These are businesses, big businesses in the game of making money. And I don't think that, we'll see such swinging increases throughout the ground, but I think we will see them. I think we will see them. I've had one, uh, I've been a season ticket holder now where I am since 2005, I think. And we've had one rise in that time, one rise in season ticket prices in that time. So the club has been very generous in some ways um, in the way it's frozen season tickets, unlike the previous regime. Um, but but this is beyond belief. If they if they saddled me with a one hundred percent increase in season ticket price, I'm gone. I can afford it, but I just on principle would say no. I'll go home and watch it on TV then. But but as you say, Tony, do you think this is a deliberate policy? I mean, yeah, I think so. I think. Sorry, I was yeah. arguing for something completely different. I was arguing about the way tickets. Yeah, yes. I know, but that, that was yeah. the argument you had with Dan. I mean, no, 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 indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah. But I, I have to say, I agree completely. I think this is an attempt to, uh, yes. to make the whole place um, uh, more corporate. I really and, and, and I've sat there in the pub with Chidge. Uh, we did it when we were in France. We chatted about the fact that the future of football, the future of football in London and the big clubs, is probably not with the season ticket holders. I spend virtually nothing at the club. I go and have a couple of pints in the cock, have a chat down the stall, maybe go to the Atlas afterwards. In the club, I have a pint at half time. I don't go and spend 500 quid in the shop before uh, a game or after a game. Okay. I don't eat in the ground. Okay. So, you know, are they going to make as much money out of me over a year as they would do out of selling my mine and other seats to a family of four that are holidaying in London? Who will go in and spend a bit more? No, I think that's shop. wrong. I don't think that's what they're going to be doing. I don't think they're selling them to that. I think all that will happen is no, that other fans will buy will buy the seats who are that, who, who want that. It won't be, but yeah. it won't be for Johnny Come Lately, or it won't be for somebody who is just there for the I, day. I to be for that. I think that's the way it's going to go. It may take ten years or whatever. Okay, it will become more and more like the American model. Not the franchising around the cities, although blimey, I wouldn't rule that out either. Uh, not just for our club, but in football in general. But it, for the, the phasing out of the kind of traditional football fan over a period of time when it's all about money, I think is a distinct possibility. I really do. Yeah. And, and and we've sat there and talked about it before. You know, they could hawk the tickets through the theatre outlets in London. This is 
probably more London specific, okay, where you've got this huge amount of tourists or whatever. The, the Premier League is being sold as this Super Sunday, this this kind of big, all exciting uh, event in the same way as major Broadway or, 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 or theatre land shows are. And I just think that it will eventually, <laughs> over a period of time, start to, not force, is too strong a word, but people will start to be, you know, leveraged out yeah. of that of that position. Uh, Tony, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think this is the thin end of the wedge, yes. and I think this is the first start in actually pricing out uh, the legacy fans that uh, all that kind of whole thing that came up during the European Super League. Yeah. Adam, um, can I have a, a final quick word from you that is not velocity? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, as good as I say, you know, I echo a lot of what's been said. It's quite unedifying, and I think the fact that the last couple of days it's been announced the Premier League is starting sort of a new record TV overseas deal with with NBC in America worth two billion um, is again a sign that. The Premier League clubs make a load of their money from TV rights. Do you have to try and squeeze every single penny you can from match-going fans? Probably not. You don't. You don't have to. Um, it's a choice, and it's not a great look from the club. And yeah, it's just a bit disappointing. But as as Tony said, they're a business. They mm. want to make a lot of money. So it's all about the money, Adam, isn't it? Um, never mind. Um, Never mind. I think there's a lot more I could say than that. But uh, sadly, we're out of time, so I can't. But uh, what I can say is, Adam, as always, you've been nothing short of fantastic, as always. Uh, look forward to catching up with you again very soon. You, you going tomorrow? Or are you still uh, on a bit of a break? No, no, I'm returning from my holiday tomorrow. Uh, so early start for me tomorrow. You're at the game? Uh, yep, looking forward to Good it. Good man. Lovely stuff. Well, enjoy it, obviously, mate. And uh, no doubt we'll see you next week. No, I, I, we, no we, well, I don't, don't think we. No, I think we're seeing Sam next week, aren't we? So there we go. But uh, unless Sam can't make it, yeah, no, no. Well, Sam owes me at the moment. He's feeling he's feeling mortified that he couldn't turn up the other week, which is when Adam brilliantly stepped in. But there you go, Adam. Great to see you, mate. We'll see you again soon. You too, guys. Take care, everyone. Cheers, Adam. Lovely jubbly, fantastic Adam Newsom from Football.London there. Now we're going to have a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to speak to the lovely Jack Marson, who uh, is uh, a, a guy from Leicester Fan TV and he's going to give us his opposition view. So uh, don't go. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. 
There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Away. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back to the Chelsea Fancast Friday Night Preview Show. I am, of course, Stanford Chidge. We're now in part two. Uh, and uh, as always, I've got the lovely Jonathan Kidd with me. Lovely to be on the show, Chidge. Thank you. Good to see you, JK. And uh, for his first time on the Friday Night Preview Show, I cannot believe this is your first time. We've got lovely Tony Glover with us. Yeah, happy Friday, um, or whatever it is the youngsters say these days. Mm. I have to say, mate, you know, I'm very disappointed that we've been so engaged in what we're talking about. I haven't actually had a chance to open my beer yet, so hopefully I will in a minute. Oh, but there you oh go. dear. Yes, yes. Come on. I know. Anyway, uh, this time of the evening is always about what the other teams that we're playing think about what's going to happen, and we call it the Opposition View. The Opposition View. Now, tonight, uh, we've got uh, we've got Jack Marson from Leicester Fan TV on. Uh, Jack, how are you? Good to see you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, evening, everyone. Um, hope you're well, guys. Yeah, we're all good. Uh, yeah. t- tell us, tell us a little bit about Leicester Fan TV. Leicester Fan TV is a fan channel where we talk to fans, get all their views, opinions on Leicester City, and talk things all football. Um, it's a great debate between the fans, and it's good to have. Um, we obviously do seven shows a week now. So, oh, seven a week. Yeah, so it's quite you busy. Gods. We're slacking. We only do two. <laughs> hey, I'm, you lazy I'm, lot. You've got to come in every night from now on. I'd be happy. Um, uh, um, <laughs> other than no, other than perhaps five of the nights. Um, uh, <laughs> how many how many subscribers have you got, Jake? Um, over eight thousand, I believe. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, Good well done, yeah, brilliant good stuff. Good work. All right, mate. Let's talk about uh, the match tomorrow. But actually, let's talk about Leicester a little <laughs> bit first. I mean. I think a lot of people had Leicester down to be up there, you know, competing for top four at this stage of the season. But I mean, you're in twelfth at the moment. It's been a bit up and down so far. So why why is that? Do you think? I think with the Premier League, you've got to be consistent, haven't you? Um, a lot of expectations would have been put on Leicester this season to finish in the top six. Um, even the Champions League spaces. Um, Chelsea have strengthened. Manchester City. Um, Liverpool are obviously going to be up there, aren't they? I mean, Manchester United are on a downslide at the minute. Um, but Leicester, you know, it's been very difficult um, losing for Fauna early in the season, in pre-season, to then lose like your Wilfred Ndidi's, your Yuri Tillemans now and stuff like that. It's been difficult and it's, I think, we've not really got up to scratch. I mean, Leicester's normally one of them teams who fall off at the second half of the season and not the first half, but 
hopefully this season it'll be like the other way round, isn't it, where we get a really strong end to the season and finishing that top six spot. Mm, interesting stuff. Um, what about um, Jamie Vardy? Who, I, I mean, personally, I, I think he's a brilliant striker. I love him. I absolutely love his attitude. And I think there were rumours kicking around a couple of years ago that we we may have been interested in. I'd have been ha- very happy to sign mm. Vardy. I yeah. like he's got a bit of the the Aussies call it he's got a bit of the mongrel in him you know he's got a bit of edge and I like that but do you think his powers might be fading a bit because he's he's getting on a bit now isn't he Yeah Jamie Vardy only feels as old as he feels isn't it um he still says he feels young um I know the feeling still... Jack <laughs> <laughs> It might look like he's getting older over inside it's how you feel in it um you might feel younger and older on the outside um but Jamie Vardy Phenomenal striker. He's won everything at Leicester. Um, he stayed loyal to the club. Um, you don't really get that in football nowadays. Um, and he's won everything. He goes down as a club legend and he's still that best striker, one of the best strikers, English strikers in the in Europe. So he's a great player. I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, you've got some very you've got some very good players just looking through the list here. And I just particularly over the years, you get, you know, I'm, I'm I like watching teams and you get an affection for players who play well because you think they're committed to the to this the, to the to the team, you know. And I, I think Harvey Barnes has come on. I always look at him and think, oh, he scored a good goal there. Score really good goals, these guys. And um and Madison has been a bit disappointing this season, but he's a very good player indeed. And um and of course, Telemans has Telemans been injured? Has that been yeah, the problem? He's out. He's out. Did he's his out. Ankle, did his ankle. Oh, right, because yeah. he's terrific. And of course, Schmeichel is a wonderful goalkeeper. I mean, completely. We were we were spent most of the last few seasons before we signed Mendy. In fact, yeah. just saying, would it be great to be able to sign Schmeichel because he's yeah. uh, he's such an all round brilliant brilliant player. And but what's uh, what's Lookman playing like? Because he played very well for Fulham last year. Lookman at the start when he came on loan had a lot of critics um, like you do when you come in as a lone player to a football club. Not everyone's going to agree that you're a good player, are they, until you actually show it on a football For pitch. Sure. I mean, from the start, he's been fantastic, but I've, I just feel he's dropped back a bit. I feel that he's not as attacking as he was when he first started. I don't know whether that's down to the way that Brendan Rodgers wants to play him, but I think he's been all-round decent, um, Adam O'Luckman. He's answered his critics quite well since joining Leicester on loan. Mm. He almost needs to have his head given his head though as a player, Lookman. Was felt that about it a few times I've seen him just thinking, and if you try and constrict him by putting him in a pattern, he doesn't seem to play as well. He's one of those players. It's a bit like the struggle we were having with what Havertz's role was originally. Yeah. You know, you just think, should he be allowed to roam a bit or or should he just be um uh, should he be playing within a system? And I felt that with Lookman because he he had some very good games for Fulham indeed. I watched Fulham I've got a mate who watches Fulham, so I watch I'm keen to, to watch games they've been in and um uh, he 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 excelled frequently he was the best player on the pitch for for Fulham so I'd be intrigued to see do you think he's going to start tomorrow um I hope so um he's started quite a few games this season um oh. but I mean with a player like Luckman you've got to play to his strengths haven't you and he's got to be able to adapt to that other 50% in the way that the manager wants to play um, but I think Lutman, you know, if you leave him roaming and that, he's one of them of players who's forward thinking and loves to attack. And if you can get him doing that, then he can cause Chelsea some problems. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, uh, Jack, about uh, Brendan Rodgers at the moment? I mean, there's, you know, he, he he batted it away in his presser as you would absolutely. In fact, he's quite he was pretty strident in batting it away. I thought, but I can understand that. But do you think there's any any smoke in this particular fire that he might might waddle off to United? 
well, there's no smoke without fire, either, like you exactly. say. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean how, how would it br- feel to you if he did, though? I mean, if, A, do you think it's possible? And B, what, what are you going to feel about it if he does? If he did go, you know, we'd say thank you very much. You know, he's done everything since he's been here. He's been a great manager. He's been the most win percentage manager at Leicester ever. Um, he's done a cracking job, won the Community Shield, the FA Cup, two top six finishes which is incredible to see. Um, he's got the best out of the younger players in Harvey Barnes, um, Lockman, Madison, um, Wilfred Ndidi and them sort of players. Um, Kakalasi, Unchu. Um, you know, the names go on. But I mean, Brendan Rodgers, he squashed the rumours yesterday because Solskjaer is still in a job. He said, how disrespectful can you get to the media? I mean, <laughs> he's committed and he obviously respects the owners that much and so should every manager at a football club. But... In football, you don't know what's going to happen, do you, until Ola Gunnar Solskjaer's sacked? Mm, that's a good point, isn't I, it? I, I don't think he will. I don't think he would go. I think he, he was a bit burned by Liverpool. Uh, the Liverpool experience, having gotten them that close. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, what have Man United got that Leicester can't give him? Other than a kind of a, 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 a history of success. And money. Well, and money, but you know the, the Leicester owners aren't short of a bob or two. Yeah, but they're not going to spend like United do. Uh, maybe not, but United have spent massively. Yeah, they've spent massively, and they are frankly a flop at the moment. You're and, on a hiding to nothing, aren't you, Tony? Yeah, I, I just think I look at Brendan Rodgers and think, you know, Leicester are—they're not having the season of expectation that expectations maybe led them to think they were going to have. Um, and therefore, I would say, look at Chelsea last season or the season before or under Sarri. We've been in that boat, yeah, where, you know, your your lack of uh, constant investment and, and development and, and everything um, will, will bite you on the arse from time to time. I think Leicester, since they won the Premier League, have the right now to consider themselves no longer a yo-yo club like I, the Leicester I grew up knowing as a kid or whatever. Um, are more than a mid-table club will occasionally have a season like this, and I still think they'll come good. My worry, of course, is they'll they'll bloody well come good tomorrow. But <laughs> um, and, and and nothing would be more typical Chelsea really than that, I think. But I'd look at Brendan Rodgers, and I think he, from the Liverpool experience, he's he's managed big clubs in Celtic, whatever you think. You know, um, they are a big club. And Liverpool is now at Leicester, where he will get the money he wants. He he's probably one of the few what I would call old school managers in in the league now. Yeah, the the kind of Ferguson figure where he has control over um, the purchases and and the development players. What I, I I think he would look at United. Anybody would be tempted by it, but I think he would just think bollocks. I'm staying. <laughs> I, I just genuinely do. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree. Um, I think Brendan's a phenomenal manager. He's very underrated. Um, they only look at the Klops, the Guardiolas, the Contes, the other mm. elite managers. They don't look at managers like Brendan Rodgers and give him the respect that he deserves. Um, he's got everything here. I mean, Man United, they're in problem from the board down to the manager. Yeah. And they have been for a while. Um, but I mean, Brendan, you know, he's got a good relationship with the players. He's got everything here that he wants. He can build his own. And he's got the money to spend. And I mean, look at Newcastle and that with Mike Ashley, they didn't have the money to spend because he wasn't allowing them to have that. And obviously Top, you know, is the chairman. He's willing to back the club and wants the best for the football club. And Brendan Rodgers, I think the right man's take us forward. And I mean, 
yesterday coming out and saying it's disrespectful and that because it is. I mean, no manager wants to be asked them questions in any press conference. Um, but I mean, I think Brendan's committed and I think he wants to be here for the long haul. I just don't think Man United is the job for him. Mm. Good point. Um, can, can, can I just yeah, ask yeah, about sure, Ryan, Ryan Bertrand a second? Has he been been playing well for you? Yeah, Ryan Bertrand is the experienced type of player that you need in a squad, in it to help out with the younger defenders like your Siunchus, your Daniel Amartis, players like that, the Luke Thomases, the James Justins. He's going to help massively within that squad. Um, obviously, you guys know him from Chelsea, don't you? He played He's for Chelsea. Fine. Yeah. Um, played for Southampton. He's got Premier League experience and obviously to get him on a free, I think it's incredible. Um, obviously, what is he now? 30 plus. Um, it's how many years Ryan Bertrand's got left in him and it is a player. Mm. Of course, he's injured, isn't he, at the moment, Jack? So he can't play tomorrow, right? I'm not sure. I think Ryan Bertrand's fit to is play. He? Oh, I heard somewhere yeah. he might be, might be injured. I could have got that wrong. Um, <clears throat> okay, so... You know, as I said earlier on, didn't I? That we, we everybody kind of expected less to be to be challenging. Um, do, do you think? Uh, do you think you are going to have a better second half of the season and end up, you know, competing for I don't know, sixth, fifth, fourth? Yeah, um, I really hope so. Um, it's going to be difficult to get that fourth place. Obviously, West Ham have been incredible this season and very consistent. And credit to David Moyes, what a team he's got there in Jared Bowen, Declan Rice, um, Michael Antonio, Ben Rama. You name it, West Ham's got it at the minute and they deserve to be where they are. Um, I just think Leicester now need to pick their heads up, think about where they want to be in the table at the end of the season and aim high um, and just really go and win the games that you should be winning um, and get the points off teams like Chelsea and that, which will help get that position at the end of the season where he wants to be and that's the top six finish. Absolutely. Okay, now, I mean, you've seen your side win the Premier League title you know, fairly mm. recently. And of course, uh, much as it pains me to say it, you beat us in the FA Cup final uh, last <laughs> season with a goal that clearly should never have stood, obviously. But uh, what Again, was... Sure was goal should obviously Of have course. Been. Well, goes without saying. It's never offside. Anyway, the bottom line... Let's not refight old battles. But anyway, um, the bottom line is, what was better for you, winning the FA Cup or the Premier League? You couldn't be between them both. Um, it's obviously the first time we've won the top division it's the first time we've won the FA Cup so I just yeah. feel they're both the same in how you celebrate them um, obviously Claudio Ranieri won the Premier League at Leicester obviously Chelsea would know him well mm. um, obviously Hazard scoring that goal to win Leicester the Premier League title I were all over the place that oh, yeah. night you, you know. can thank us later if you want Jack it's okay <laughs> but the FA Cup um, historic isn't it? it goes down as one of the best games and what a goal by Yuri Tillemans what a banger Um Chelsea fans would argue Mendy would have saved that, but I don't think he would have. I mean, Chilwell, I was just glad to see the back of that goal because, you know, I don't think you're worth 50 million at Leicester. Um, 50 million for him is a bargain. Um, I don't know if, how you guys feel towards Ben Chilwell, but I don't think he gave enough at Leicester. Uh, well, I, I can, I'm, I'll jump straight in. I think Ben Chilwell was a snip. Um, I think we saw, uh, you know, at the time we bought him, I think there was a few of us on the fan cast that saw... Uh, a, a good young player who would um, would rise, if you like, who would who would come onto the bigger big stage, Champions League, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, and he's more than proven. And and his technique as a he's a better defender than Marcus Alonso. He is a better crosser of the ball than anybody in the team. Okay, um, and I think he's fabulous that we can see somebody who can actually beat the first man 
uh, with a, a crossing or whatever. But his technique in front of goal is outstanding. And we've all said that on the fan cast, yeah. you know. So I think, although you th- you you got a bargain, you got good money for fifty million. I think we we spent well for fifty million. I think he yeah. just got be- he's got better and better yeah. and better. And that it's technique in front of goal is just if 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 he if he wasn't giving it to to uh, to Leicester at the time, he's now. I mean, what was your criticism? He, he didn't think he was trying uh, as as much as he could have done. Yeah, I mean, as a Leicester fan, you know, Chilwell was better going forward. Um, He's got absolute pace on him, Ben Chilwell, just his defending at times. Um, lack of knowledge of it. Um, I mean, when it comes to like the um, obviously, you guys signing him, I thought it were a fantastic young player for you guys. Um, you guys obviously know the best how to get best out of players like Chilwell, and obviously, he's an England international as well. Um, but I mean, in the last 10 games of the season before he signed for you guys, you know, his head weren't in the game. Um, I think it's shown it in the FA Cup win what you guys had at King Power, that 1-0-1 one, one, where Ross Barkley scored. Mm. I just don't think... I thought his head were elsewhere looking for a Chelsea move rather than being at Leicester. Yeah, which is which is which pisses us off as fans. I get that. Yeah. You know, I, I completely get that. Um, I mean, we mentioned Tielemans, didn't we, a minute ago? And I mean, you know, whether I think it shouldn't have been allowed or not is immaterial because the record book states it was a goal. And it was a banger, mate, I have to say. It was a cracking goal. Mm. Um, how much is he... I mean, how big a miss is he going to be for you tomorrow, do you think? Massive. Um, he's done incredible since joining um, the club. Um, he's got some cracking goals and he's been a key to our success in that midfield. And what a player he is. He can pick a pass out from nowhere. He's like Kevin De Bruyne at Man City. He can just pick it out when you least expect it. Um, he's a team player. Um, he might not have all this pace and that it's because he plays every game isn't it? he's played every game for the football club he needed a rest and obviously now he's injured because he hasn't got that rest he deserved and I don't think anybody at Leicester could replace Yuri Tillemans in Philly's um, boots because you know it's difficult to do so but I mean now Madison's got to step up now um, I don't think he's been the greatest this season but he's, he's done alright in some games the Man United game the Brentford game but I just don't think Madison's offered enough is what the levels that yeah. Leicester want you, I mean, it's an interesting point, actually, Jack. I mean, do you think he'll bring in Madison or, or will he go more defensive and bring Chowdhury? And, and in fact, actually, just to kind of underline that point, do you think that's how he might set up tomorrow? He might go, he might match us, you know, three at the back and go more defensive? Um, I think he's going to play Babakari, Samore and Wilfred and Didi partnership. And then does he play Kane and Dewsbury Hall, the young up-and-coming player? Um, or does he go for James Madison? I think he's going to rock for Madison because he's more experienced and knows how to t- take the game by the scruff of its neck. So you, you don't think he'll just, you know, basically sit back and try and hit us on the break? Because, I mean, we know you've got a lot of pace and it always worries us a bit, you know, and that's quite a, a nifty tactic against Chelsea because we will keep the ball a lot. Yeah, it's it's what you do with that possession, though, isn't it? I mean, possession yeah. doesn't win your games. Absolutely but I mean, right, absolutely. Y- you know, three at the back. He normally goes with Johnny Evans, Kaglar, Siunchu and uh, Daniel Amati. But I think he'll go back two tomorrow of Evans and Siunchu, uh, Ricardo, and Timothy Castagna. I think he'll go four at the back tomorrow, Rogers, um, And he'll play Harvey Barnes and Luckman on either side of the wings. Hmm, OK, well, that, I, that's interesting. I mean, in, in, in which case, how do, you, how do you see it going? Then? I mean, you, 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 know, you know how we're going to play. I mean, you know, we, we play the same way. We press very high. We attack... Uh, a lot down the width, you know, so Chilwell and possibly right, Jane, uh, Reese James down the right. 
Um, but of course, we won't be playing Lukaku, I suspect. So I think we kind of rely on this very fluid three up front who move about a lot. Yeah, but Chelsea have still got incredible players apart from Lukaku. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got players who can hurt teams. Um, obviously, we need to win that midfield battle tomorrow. First and foremost, we need to defend well. We need to defend them set pieces because set pieces were awful. We do zonal marking and that doesn't work for us. I just feel tomorrow we need to go man for man in the box when it comes to set pieces because Rudiger um, and people like that are going to want to head it in. I mean, he scored two goals at the King Power Stadium from two corners once. I mean, I just really hope that don't happen again. But I mean, Jamie Vardy, he's got to be at it tomorrow. He's got to be on the edge of them defenders and running them ragged all game. I mean, the other thing, Jack, is you're conceding a lot of goals at the moment as well, aren't you? Which is a bit of a problem. Yeah. So is that, is that a worry for you? Yeah, it is. Um, our defence is leaking more goals than it should. Um, I mean, Johnny Evans hasn't been there all season. I mean, we've changed it quite a bit. Vestergaard, Siunchu, which didn't really help. Um, I mean, Cags is only better when Johnny Evans is in the team. And Johnny Evans is an unsung hero. Um He's very good and can play in any team. I believe he could play for you guys as well if you gave him the chance. Um, but, I mean, we've got to set up right tomorrow and be very tight at the back and not allow Chelsea any space or even sh shots around the box. OK, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, get you to stick your neck out, as it were. How do you think it's going to go down? What's, the, what's your prediction score-wise? It's going to be a very tight and scrappy game but I'm going to go for a 2-1 Leicester win I'm going to back my boys yeah yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't Jack I wouldn't have it any other way honestly I never we have this predictions league which all three of us are in I have to say apart from Tony who's done rather well recently we're usually at the bottom of it and, I, and I'm sure a lot of, I mean I, I cannot predict anything other than Chelsea winning so I totally get where you're going from I have no problem with that whatsoever um, Jack, it's been really lovely having you on the show, actually. You, you really know yeah. your onions, and it's always lovely to hear, you know, the opposition view. So, uh, yeah, great to have you on, mate. No, pleasure. It's great to get, obviously, other fans' views as well from the other team. Yeah. Obviously, we had Chelsea on in the week. Um, spoke to Chelsea, uh, another podcast yeah, on Nick, my show. Nick, Nick from that, that Chelsea podcast. I couldn't get on. I'm really... Because uh, I, I heard from you boys before I approached you, if you see what I mean, and I... I couldn't do it on Wednesday night, so I'm really sorry about that. But those boys are lovely. I'm really glad you got them on. Yeah, it's really glad to get a different opinion at a game and then good to get our opposition view as well because you don't, if you don't read into the opposition, then they can tell you what you talk about, don't they? But I mean, the injuries, you know, will Timo Werner come in for you tomorrow because apparently he was going to look for this afternoon in training whether he'll fit enough or not. Um, obviously, Lukaku and Kovacic are out, but you've still got Kante. You know, he, he's incredible. He's like batteries without even dying. You know what I'm saying? He's an incredible <laughs> player. And £35 million for him. I know. You've ripped us, you've ripped us we, off. We, we, stole, <laughs> we stole him away. I mean, from what I... I mean, you know, from my understanding, it was the Leicester fans who, who used to call him the Kante twins. That's where it all kind of started, wasn't it? Because you always felt they were, they were like... He's so good, there were like two of him. He got everywhere, Yeah. Yeah, it's like 11 players on a team, isn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? He did all that work, defensive work, right. midfield work. Um, and Kante, credit to him, he's won everything, hasn't he? The Premier League, the World Cup, he's won the whole lot of Champions League. And credit to him, he's a fantastic player. Yeah. And when he left Leicester, I wished him all the best and hope he'd go as far. And he's the best centre defensive midfielder in Europe, in my opinion. No one else compares to him. Yeah, I completely and utterly agree with all of that. 
Uh, Jack, it's been lovely seeing you. Um, I, I, I wish all our guests who come on and do this lot luck for the rest of the season, but never for tomorrow. All right, you understand. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck after tomorrow, innit? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, Cheers. mate. Well, enjoy the game. Great to see you. Maybe we'll see you back on the show uh, when we when you come down yeah. to the bridge. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, we'll do. Cheers, boys. Lovely yeah, stuff. Great I'm stuff. Really there tough. we go. There's uh, Jack Marson from Leicester Fan TV there, and. Uh, uh, really, I mean, I, I love, I love this slot. I absolutely love this slot. Great. It's, it's just, great. you know, we get so much really interesting stuff coming from these because they all know their stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah. I love the fact that when he get it just reeled off every player, every player, and then other teams, less uh, West Ham reeled all the players yeah. off from of West Ham as well. It. You just go, oh wow, great! You know yeah. this stuff. I mean, but d- his... d- didn't didn't you even watch West Ham last season, J.K.? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 yes, that, that, that little theme is going to live with us forever, forever isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Tony, you know, J.K. is, is a, a little bit more open-minded than perhaps certainly me. I wouldn't I wouldn't discredit you with my flaws, but uh, you know, J.K. does watch a lot of other footballs. So J.K. is yeah. usually quite knowledgeable about what's going on with other people, as I've only really found out from doing this opposition view slot where he starts asking the guys about all their players. I'm thinking, who the fuck's that? You know, but, <laughs> great. Good on you, mate. Well, look, we're going to have a quick break now. And uh, I, I can, I can, you know, tell the listener that uh, uh, it's all good because I've now opened the beer and I've got a nice pint to sup for the rest of the show when me, Tony and JK will be talking about what we think is going to happen tomorrow uh, in the Leicester versus Chelsea game. So don't go away. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show. Of course, we're in the home straight now in part three. I'm, of course, Stanford Chidge, and uh, to my left, I have the wonderful Jonathan Kidd. Whoop. How you doing, old, old Bean? You, you struggling I'm, a bit? No, no, I'm surviving. I'm just Good. a bit weedy. I know. Everyone had this, um, I had my, my booster during the week, and uh, and it's, um, uh, uh, it, well, bef- before that, in fact, it's just left me feeling a bit um, woozy, a bit ropey. Mm. You'll be um, all right. You'll 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 survive. Uh, Tony Glover is also with us for his first appearance on the Friday night. I cannot, I still can't believe it's the first time you've been on the show. It mate. is, uh, yeah, it is, and it's been good fun. It's been, it's quite nice that we're not reviewing stuff that we are previewing, we're predicting, stuff. isn't it? Previewing, yes, yeah, and it's it is, quite, it is, it is yeah. quite interesting. It takes to get. the pressure off. I, I like you don't come in with an anger. You don't come no, in. I, with I, a, I, you know. I like, I like the other other team's view. I think that's a lovely thing because it's it's like you've met them in the pub. Um, and and like ninety nine point nine percent of football fans, you would just sit down and have a beer with them and talk about the game either before or afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So there is you something know. quite old school about that, isn't there? It is. Yes. So so what? So you like you like the preview show? Then it's a bit different from the Monday show, isn't it? A bit it more, is, yes. bit more sane. Yes, I would say so. Yes, because there's no there's no shock involved. Well, no, you know. indeed, I totally agree with you. Well, there you go. Anyway, it is now, as I said uh, before the break, our turn to. Uh, look at the uh, Leicester versus Chelsea match tomorrow. And, of course, in traditional style, JK, this has become a bit of a thing, hasn't it? Uh, we always start with the team selection. And, of course, as always, in true Blue Peter style, here's one that I made earlier. So I'll just run through it, and then you can hack it to pieces. 
Uh, Can you just tell, tell everybody listening, you've got these lovely little figures that you, you create for us. He's got a little, line up, isn't it? Line up. Yeah. Line up yeah. blueprint, blueprint with all the players' uh, yeah. names. Line up yeah. 11. It's really useful, actually. Um, anyway, uh, I, as, as I always have to put this in a bit of context. This is not necessarily who I would pick. It's what I think Tuchel will pick. Okay, so a bit of, you know, clar uh, clarification. Who, who would you pick then, Chidge? Who would you pick? Um, well, I would have well. Well, I'll tell you, and I go through. But anyway, I'm I'm going for Mendy in goal, Rudiger. Uh, I think Silver won't play because I think he he will be rested for Juve. Christensen will be in the middle. I think Aspilicueta instead of um, instead of uh, Chalabar. But it's a toss up really because you know Trevo's quick and good in the air, but. Aspilicueta's a wise old bugger. And, I mean, he's played him against Vardy before and he's done okay. So I don't have a problem with Aspie starting. I think uh, Chilwell and James basically picked themselves. We know that uh, that uh, Alonso's still got an ankle injury. So Chilwell and James will be the wing-backs. I think he will pick Jorginho and Kante. Because I think... I mean, you know, and I, I think it's really interesting, isn't it, that recently we've, we've, we've kind of kind of forgotten in a, in a weird sense that these two are, as i said earlier on in the show you know you know one of them gonna could could win the the, the ballon d'or we got two <laughs> ballon d'or we got a ballon d'or midfield basically and and we sit here quite often every week not picking one of them or both of them <laughs> i mean if you think if you look at it like that it's absolutely insane but anyway i think that's what tuka will do um i myself i might be tempted to play um ruben loftus cheap because i have a suspicion that uh that Rogers actually might shut. I don't think. I think. I think Jack. Jack's being optimistic. I think he. I think he might shut up shop tomorrow and try and hit us on the break. But we'll see. It's the way he did in the cup finals. Yeah, exactly. He attacked a little bit more in the league game, which we won. But this. This. Uh, um, he, he's very. He's good at. Well, they're traditionally they're good at sitting back and then I'm afraid booting the ball out the pitch and Vardy yeah, runs up. Yeah. So, but as I think I think Tuleman's being unavailable makes him go towards being more defensive. I really do. Because Tielemans is a superb player, no doubt about it. Uh, now, up front, uh, I think, given that Lukaku um, is still not ready and I think that Werner's still on the naughty step, uh, I think we'll have Havertz up front. And I have no problem with that because I think I think as a modern uh, style number nine, he's, he's potentially very, very good and he's done all right so far. Um, I think... <laughs> What do you mean, Werner on the naughty step? I, th I think I think I think he's realised that Werner's uh, basically. I think he's been listening to you, J.K. You reckon? Yeah, I do. Does he listen to this? I program? think he does. Say hello oh. to Tommy Tuchel. Hello, TT. We haven't got a song for you yet. I am. What's we have? Yeah, we've got Chidge's song. We he's the coach speak. and he's having fun. <laughs> yes, okay. More, anyway. more, more, Chidge, more. But yeah, yeah, he yeah. He was to win at Chelsea and that's, I can't remember the fucking song now anyway. Oh, no. Anyway, eventually... back to the bloody, uh, yeah, you know, no, line-up. Yeah. Uh, Hudson-Odoi absolutely starts all day and it has to be on the left. So therefore, the only bit of conjecture is who's going to be on the right? Is it going to be Ziyech? Uh-uh. Is it going to be Barkley? Uh-uh. Uh, is it going to be Mason Mount? Well, I think he might. Might I mean it's a toss up, isn't it? If if Mount is fit, absolutely at it and ready, he starts all day for me. But I'm wondering if if he might not start him, and in which case I would probably start Pulisic, actually, because I think I think Pulisic's now fit. He survived going and playing on crap pitches in 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 North America. He scored a goal, so I think maybe Pulisic gets the nod actually. For me, but there you go. That's what I reckon. What do you reckon? Me? Oh, you or Tony? I don't mind really. 
I, mean, I, 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 it's hard to disagree with with what you've just put up there. If I saw that one tomorrow, I'd go, yeah, yeah, okay, that's pretty much where I'd be. Um, Werner, I, I think he's probably got to give Pulisic the start. You know, he's he's fit, like you said, he's he's uh, been on international duty, scored a goal. Um, I read some cobblers today about him being unhappy at Chelsea, which started off with me thinking, oh, really? Oh, you're unhappy at Chelsea? Are you sick, note? Um, I, I, I need to then read the article and find that there was absolutely nothing in it <laughs> what a surprise. at all. From It's from a journalist who ends his name with sport. Um, well, I don't think he's a journalist, actually, but um, there you go. Oh, that one. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, if you look at the... The, the, the tweet and, and then read the article and then see all the answers underneath it. The responses to the tweet, people have said exactly this. I wish I'd read them first and not gone to read it, but it was all about, you know, it was hearsay, nothing more than hearsay. Um, and it wound me up for about five minutes until I realised that if Pulisic is unhappy, he doesn't strike me as the sort of bloke who would go public with that anyway. And if he is happy, then he's an ungrateful little ingrate um, because the club have stuck by him and he's been mostly injured. But I think he deserves the chance to to, to show himself because he's not really featured for a long time, is he? In any way, shape or form, in, in any run. So I think he deserves that that kind of... Look, I, I think Leicester, when you're mid-table, you run a real risk by coming out and going for teams like us and City and Liverpool Um because you you might get picked off very easily. And I, th- I think that's the problem. They've got a few injuries. They've perhaps not invested quite the amount of money or, or, or whatever in the team this season. Um, and this may be just another, a season where they have to sit back and accept, you know, a, a, a top eight finish would be good for them or whatever, um, uh, while Brendan does whatever he has to do. Um, so I, I, think it will, I think he's right. I think um, Jack was right. I think it will be a scrappy game. Um, I've gone two one Chelsea. Okay, are you leaving or something? Me? Yeah, <laughs> you've kind of done your whole bit in one go. Oh, have I? <laughs> well, because I'm new to the format. No, I'm only, I'm, I'm, Tony, I'm pulling your leg, mate. Oh right, it was, it was just it was just so funny the way that that yeah. went, and I just couldn't resist. Jk, no, I thought you were going to say, "Well, that's all we've got time for." No, I was I was tempted. Actually. <laughs> I was tempted. Yeah. I haven't got any news, but I should do it. I should have done my news, newscaster shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I take your point, Tony. I tell you what, though, the fact that, that Rogers might, um, you know, go a bit defensive, I think is a good case for having Ruben starting ahead of either. I, dare, I mean, this is, this is, it almost sounds insane to say it, doesn't it? Instead of either Jorginho and Kante, JK. Yeah. But yeah. what do you reckon, mate? Well, uh, I think he might, um, he might throw the, uh, the baseball curveball at this, uh, just because, as you say, they're um, they're really likely to defend and then break. And he'll have learnt from the cup final. He'll have learnt from watching them the way that they play. But um, I, I I think he'll play Chalaber instead of Vaspi, actually, um, just because he's. I know Dave is very quick and Dave is very good at um, marshalling defence, but I think Chalaber just gives something else at the moment. And I think that. Uh, um, Dave isn't a. Uh, we know that he's not a an obvious first team choice. Not a first choice. Um, James obviously picks himself. Uh, Rudiger picks himself. Christensen will play centre half. Um, Chilwell will play. Um, um, and Adoy should play. And Havertz will play. But I think he'll he'll play Mount instead of Pulisic. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, 
And, and I wouldn't uh, have a problem with that. No, no, me neither. Because he was so eulogistic about Mount on the presser today, saying that he was he was bubbly and energetic. Um, and I think Pulisic will come on if necessary. Um, he didn't convince when he came on the other day. Um, uh, I think he might throw he might throw something weird in in midfield with Georgino and Kante. I don't know how fit Kante is. Did Kante play in the in the French? Yeah, he's all right. He only played one game. Played one against didn't he? Kazakhstan, and that was on Saturday. So he's not been uh, you know run into the ground like Deschamps enough. normally does. Yeah. But I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he does play, um, uh, just do something different that we haven't thought about. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm in, still intrigued by by Barkley coming in and playing just behind the front three, which um, neither Jorginho and Kante do. So if he wants to do that again, perhaps he'll start with with Barkley. It just mm. means that he then won't have the winger. But Mount then, I think Mount will play in that position. I think he played Barkley because Mount was yeah. was in, wasn't he? That was the reason. Yeah. Definitely, because um, he he, yeah, he yeah. played he played um, Hudson Odoi and Barkley behind Havertz, didn't he? That's right, he did. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think it'll be Mount behind the two. I think Odoi gets in, um, and I think I think it'll be mostly as you said. Except I would, I think he'll play Chalaba. Mm. Chalabar and Mount instead of Pulisic and Aspilicueta. There you go. I look forward to us being completely wrong tomorrow. We will as be. No, we will be. I know, as I know. Completely wrong. It'll be something that it'll, somebody will appear who we've thought, you know, what, what, where, where are they? Oh, goodness. And he'll play Chilwell in the middle. He has been bringing Chilwell into the middle from time to time, actually, and James. I've noticed that to play a kind of um, central midfielder. But he's been, uh, what that's done is it's, whether it's clogged the centre, it depends where they're attacking by. But they do tend to play this long ball down the wing, don't they? And even um, uh, Schmeichel does it. He does a big boot down the pitch, which he runs after, which is fair enough, because as we've established, Vardy's great. Vardy's a great player. And uh, and you have to be very wary of him. So, uh, but they're going to miss Tulemans. Absolutely, definitely, Tulemans. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. uh, Chalabar's really swift. Rudiger's really swift and likely to kick Vardy, which, of course, would be uh, um, something to, to behold. And Christensen is the mops up all the time because he's so quick. So uh, um, I don't think we're going to have much trouble with them, actually. OK, um, you've opted for the Tony route, I see. I'm impressed. Well done. Um, anyway, um, what was I going to say? I mean, actually, this is a good point, perhaps. I don't know. You know, there's a little bit of kind of concern about the fact that, you know, this is a tight... I mean, you know, this is this is potentially a, a very tight match. If Leicester turn up, on their day, they're capable of beating anybody, and, and certainly us. Um and it's after an international break, and it's an early kickoff. Now, I don't know what it is, but I mean, just reading the runes of a lot of Chelsea supporters, there's always a bit of trepidation after a break when we've been doing quite well, and also when it's an early kickoff. But the reality, I think, is somewhat different actually, because if I look at our recent matches, I, I, I might not have them all up here, but I think I think we beat Villa three nil after the first international break, and we drew one one at Brentford after the second one. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say that either of those are disastrous. Um, so maybe that's not as true as it used to be. And I think, I mean, you know, our last early kickoff was against Norwich when we beat them 7-0. So, you know, maybe that doesn't really apply these days. But that having been said, is that a bit of a concern, Tony? Um, yes. I, I take, I, I'm, I, I walk, I'm a walking, uh, I'm a walking Walking, talking, living, superstitions. Yes, uh, yeah, I, I, 
Or walking you know, I'm a man of science and logic who looks at every little thing and thinks that's that's against us, that's against us, that's against us. Um, and so I would say uh, the fact that it's a post um, post international break, I'm always iffy about how we come back from that. Um, the fact that we do it's an early kickoff as well, so distinct lack of atmosphere in every ground because no one's really been to the pub beforehand and. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, I think that um, I, I I think the manager of the month. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, factually and and in terms of statistics, that probably means nothing. It's just that all you ever remember is that managers of the month tend to then fall quite dramatically because they've just won manager of the month. Um, so I think that's another thing. Um, the the big difference, of course, is that. I think with Tuchel, he's far more um, pragmatic and I think he won't let that manager of the month thing go. He won't let the fact that it's a post-international break. He'll have been well, Tony, I've got some stats. I've got some stats on that for you, which oh. completely uh, validates what you're saying. Oh. OK. No, 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 in a good way. I mean, that it's a load of old bunkum, basically. Um, right. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, this is brilliant. This is on the uh, wonderful pre-match briefing that Rick, our mate Rick Glanville does on the Chelsea website. Um, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven manager of the months in the Premier League, I'm presuming. And uh, Carlo Ancelotti has four. Conte has three. Mourinho has three. Tuchel has two. Ranieri has two. Lampard has one. And Avram Grant has one. So Rick says... Uh, of course, the announcement prompts a flurry about the award being a curse. OK, perhaps sorcery, as much as Thiago Silva's dismissal explains how the Bavarian's previous honour for March 2021 was met with a shock 2-5 reverse at home to West Brom. But that is the only setback experienced by a recent Chelsea award winner. In 2019, Frank Lampard's side beat Palace 2-0 and Antonio oh, yeah. Conte managed wins after being named three months running in 2016. The last of those, a comprehensive 3-0 victory away to Leicester. So that should allay the irrational fears yeah. this weekend. So yeah. there you go. So, you know, I, I I I am that sort of person. I mean, I, I'm the sort of person that believes if I get up and go out the loo, then they'll score a goal. A kind of miniature God complex, you know. It's because I'm there that they haven't done it or they you know, that sort of thing. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sticking with my 2-1. My I'm sticking with my... Scrappy two-one uh, prediction, and but I do think that Tuchel is is when you look at the managers we've had, Conte, Mourinho, and all of them, you know they 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 must be like any other manager. They're just looking at the game in front of them. They're not worried about all these cobblers about awards and glittering prizes and all this sort of stuff. They are looking at the game. But with Tuchel, I, 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 do you know? I hate to stereotype, but there's a kind of Teutonic efficiency there. You know, this this is it's a German trait. I don't know. There must be a German word, one of these lovely multi-syllable German words for uh, a person who is just good at what they do and is purely businesslike and doesn't listen to. It. I mean, single-mindedness or whatever. Mm. Yeah, and I'm I just sure, look I'm at sure there is. I don't Absolutely. know it. I don't know it, but I'm sure you're right. Uh, I'm single sure. auf single minden open Gruppenführer. Something like yes, that. Yes, something like that, yes. <laughs> that sounded distinctly not very PC, but who, who cares? Uh, JK. No, I, I think Führer's leader. I think Gruppen is in charge of and or something. And uh, yes. uh, 
Alf is just a, a, a kind of German noise. Alf. Alf, Alf is of, isn't it? Yes. Yes, Alf. Yes. Nice. Anyway. Alf. Um, yes, indeed. I mean, yeah. JK, A, are you worried about what we were kind of saying we were worried about? And also, I mean, the, the point is, is that, you know, going back to what we were saying to Adam earlier on, this is a crucial part of the season. I mean, it's like it starts again after the international break, isn't it? You know, so yeah, but it's all crucial, Chich, isn't it? Like, every we... game, but we are playing some. I mean, we had that little spell where we were playing shit teams and doing very, very well. We've now got Leicester uh, today. Uh, we've got sorry tomorrow. We've then got Man United coming up. You know, we've got some. We've got some tough games coming up, and and a lot of them. So he's got to like hit the ground running in my book. No mucking about. Yeah, well, I don't see why he shouldn't. We do we, we, we do play well in every game. We know that. We even played wonderfully against Burnley. There was a period against Burnley where we were absolutely magnificent. As he said, it was just beautiful football. The dilemma was getting the ball in the net. So uh, let's just see what happens. I mean, I go with my eyes wide open into every game knowing that he's the best manager we've ever had. and uh, And he's getting some of the players give performances the best they've ever given. And I think it was interesting speaking to Jake that they didn't, that, you know, didn't rate Chilwell. They got annoyed by him um, and thought 50 million. Well, we've so you know, we've done very well there. And Tuchel's turned him into one of the, the best fullbacks we've ever had. I think Chilwell is completely brilliant now. And, uh, and he's done that. James is completely brilliant as well. The more that players evolve under his tutelage <laughs> no, but, but, uh, his teutonic tutelage his teutonic tutor is his tutelage uh the more that um that everybody uh grows uh i just think we're going to get better and better i think the 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 areas that we've established where we're we're not doing as well as we should is forgetting to find the goal as he established um after burnley but the, the football we played was magnificent and I, I i you know i just think it's a joy watching them and uh and tomorrow should be no different. I think, you know, I keep going on a number of times in the past. I've said, yeah, we should win all five games. And we failed miserably. I think I said the worst I said that was when we were all going to win all our games just before Frank imploded and we didn't win anything at all. But um, in this instance, I feel very confident that uh, uh, they will um, they will outgun them. They yeah. will, will, will win. You know? Yeah, fair enough. Um, there's only one other thing that I want to kind of, you know, put into this pot, as it were which is we've got Juventus uh, at home on Tuesday night, which I'm delighted to say I'm actually going to make a bloody midweek match for once. No. Yeah. Well, I just thought, you know what? This is Juventus. You know, I'm not missing that. So I've, Don't I've, often get to see Juventus. No, and I'm, I've, got my, I've got my COVID booster happening at 20 past four in Westminster, and then I'm going to drive back to Stamford Bridge and then go and watch the game. So not that there's any risk in that whatsoever, but I've I've longed off the clients that afternoon, and I'm going to go and see Chelsea. Hopefully, beat Juventus. But the 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 important point, obviously, is that that is an important match because, you know, whilst we're almost there in the Champions League, we're not yet, and we've got Juventus who might not be very good anymore, but they're 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 just Italian. They know how to get results, like they did against us over in uh, Turin. And we've got Zenit away, uh, you know, in December in bloody Russia. So the conditions there might not be very, very conducive to playing football. So I, I wonder how much of an eye he's going to have on that Juve match because he's kind of done that before, J.K. You know. Well, we 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 may discover he 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 picks a very he picks a B team tomorrow. He might do that. 
he might pick a, a combination of players to, to, to save up for the Juve game because he was said he was very aware in the presser. He said, yes, we're coming up to the most the the uh, the most crowded part of the season, you know, with games every two games a week. So, yes, I, I, I uh, let's let's be prepared for for Barkley and Loftus-Cheek and no Kante and no Jorginho. Let's be prepared for that. Because I think, or and playing Pulisic and and um, um, even playing four up, I'm I'm even looking for a different. He might even uh, model them differently. He might set them up differently uh, because uh, with 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 an emphasis on uh, on Tuesday, with an eye on Tuesday, yes. And yet once again, uh, we may be barking up the wrong tree completely. He may he may just play the strongest side he can. Yeah, I mean, I, I to be honest, J.K., I hope he does the latter. Yeah, you know because. And he often says this, doesn't he, Tony, in his presses? You know, he does. He's a classic kind of "I take one game at a time" merchant. Yes. You know, so I, I hope he, I hope he does that. But having said that, I, I know he's made changes before a big European match before, and I think this is where we really find out, Tony, isn't it, how genuinely deep our squad is this this period we're about to go yes. into. Yes. And I think it lasts right the way through to about February. Actually, if we if we were in the next lot of Champions League, I mean, it's, it starts in February, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, or um, March. Quite a gap. Yeah, there's quite March. a gap. So, uh, so yes, um, I think I think we owe Juventus one. I think we should have beaten them easily. Yeah, um, easily. and we didn't. And it's it, it's this ruthless, this lack of, you know, how many years we we sat here and said we're just not as ruthless as as other teams. And I think that's something that, you know, the the the, the sort of tearing Norwich apart showed made me think well perhaps we are but then Burnley kind of reversed that 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 situation almost immediately um but I I I don't think I mean Juve are struggling are they I mean is Allegri struggling this season he's certainly not been able to recreate the the dominance of his first tenure wouldn't he because he won didn't he win five or six Serie A on the trot I think and um that certainly hasn't happened, and they don't appear to have had any new manager bounce. I think they might have improved slightly over uh, over last season or whatever. But um, I th- I think we should we should beat them. I think we should, if we can, put them to the sword as a little warning. Mm. Well, I mean, they they mugged us off stupidly, didn't they? In the yeah. in the home or the way leg for us. But there yeah. you go. All right, boys. I mean, I know you've already told me several times already, but J.K., how do you see it going, and what's your prediction? Three one. Three one. Yes. Is that and what you tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Is that what you've yeah. said in the Premier League predictions table thingy, Bob? What's it? No. What have you done in that? <laughs> Six one or something. Three nil. Three nil. <laughs> Three to nil. Yes. Fair enough. Okay. Tony, how do you see it going? What's your prediction? Yeah. Two one, and it matches my my predictions in the uh, predictor league. Two yeah. One. It's funny you said you say that actually because you know I did a little um. I did a little thing for Talksport yesterday, which went out on uh, the you know the show that that nobody listens to that starts at one o'clock in the morning with the lovely lovely Paul Ross. Actually, he's a really nice guy, and uh, I was absolutely shattered. So I, I made no sense whatsoever because I was just I was barely able to speak. But uh, I hedged my bets somewhat actually, because on the one hand we don't let in any bloody goals. I mean, I think, I think if we, you know, we, we haven't actually conceded. I, I don't think we've conceded. I think we've maybe conceded once away this season, but we've certainly, I don't, we've certainly not lost away. So we have a phenomenal uh, record away from home 
uh, this season and we don't let any goals in. So I was very tempted, to, but I do know that we've still got a bit of an issue scoring uh, and I have a feeling that Leicester will be somewhat negative. So I kind of said two. What uh, so I, I said, I said what? What? I put two nil. I've just remembered. You put two nil. All right, fair enough. Well, I said one nil, and then I hedged my bets and said, I just can't. You know, I can't believe that we're just going to keep shutting teams out. So I kind of changed. I said, well, it'll be one nil or two one, but there won't be many goals in it. And historically, there are there are usually not very many goals in the Leicester Chelsea. Uh, matches in fact actually in recent history it's either been 2-1 1-0 2-0 or 1-0 there was that 2-2 wasn't there in uh, in 2020 but it's usually only a goal or two in it so I kind of changed it to 2-1 or I'd hedge my bets with 2-1 and in the Prem Predictions League that's what I went for I went for 2-1 you know having taken Marco's advice from the Q&A show last week JK yes 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 I did the same yes Yes, one 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 and two one for everything. Yeah, never go, never 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 go more than two goals, basically. Yep, yeah. So there you go. So I've gone for that. I've gone for two one. I mean, hopefully, obviously, um, we do pick up the three points because I do think it's going to be massively important to get a, a, a run going again. You know, now we've got clear of the international breaks and we've got a lot of lot of games coming up and some some decent teams to play like West Ham. We've got coming up soon as well as United. So yeah, it's all hotting up, isn't it? But you wouldn't have it any other way, would you? Now, before we go, I've got a couple of uh, couple of quick plugs to do. Um, people who kind of follow the whole football prizes thing and 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 you know buy a few tickets to kind of win uh, win the shirts, the signed shirts that they often have up for grabs, will be aware that they uh, their server was updated in the middle of the Jorginho uh, competition the other week. So I think they're rerunning it. Uh, so. Uh, if you want to have a chance to win a Jorginho signed and custom framed shirt uh, for 48 hours, tickets are £4.76 each. Uh, uh, they may well revert back to 5 95 after that. And the uh, the draw ends at 7.30pm on Wednesday, the 24th of November, so next Wednesday. Uh, and if you want to enter that, uh, you go to footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash Jorginho hyphen Chels 5. So C-H-E-L-S-E 5. <clears throat> so there we go. Get on that. I'll put that on Twitter so you have a, a an easy click, uh, just a click to get there. And I'll remind you on Twitter as well. But uh, if you want a Jorginho signed shirt, that's what you do. Now, the, the other, some of you may remember that the other, uh, last week we uh, <clears throat> we um, we had a little whiskey competition, actually, uh, because uh, talking of the Prem Predictions League, as we were, our mate Javier won the October Manager of the Month in the entire Prem Predictions League. So not just the Chelsea fan cast, the entire whole lot, 1,700 or whatever people are involved in it. And as a result, he won a bottle of 12-year-old Glenfiddich whiskey. But sadly, um, because he lives in Texas, it can't be shipped overseas. So Xavier very kindly has put it back in the pot. And the intention is that we're going to give it up as a prize. Now, I, I have to stress that you have to be a UK resident uh, to enter this because you know Ch- uh, Kiro won't send it overseas so this is up this is for our UK listeners only and I know there's a lot of people in Mixler tonight you can't all be from overseas so if you like a whiskey enter the bloody competition all right because uh, tomorrow everything will change and when I asked the question I'll understand why uh, the question I asked was how many goal scorers have there been in the Premier League for Chelsea this season and I also said, who are they? But I'll settle for just a number at the moment, all right? So if you know the answer to that, send your answer to chelseafancast at 
com, uh, along with your address uh, and uh, I will pick a winner out on Monday's show. So get to it. Otherwise, I'll just keep it and drink it myself. It is that simple. So there we go. Right. Um, we will be back, won't we, JK? We're going to be back on Monday. We will be back we on Monday. We will be back. And uh, we've got Martin Wickham, the lovely Martin Wickham with us, and Dame Whittle. So we'll be talking, obviously, about the Leicester game and the uh, Juve game on the Tuesday. Next Friday, we'll be back with the preview show with me, JK, Dean Mears, and Sam Incasol. Uh, from football.london so uh, there we go that's about what we've got time for really uh it's a, i need to say massive well done and thank you to tony for his yeah, debut lovely. on the friday yeah. night preview show thoroughly enjoyed it it's been uh, jolly good fun jolly good fun and it's it's so lovely any time i see jk is lovely yeah, oh it was, it, was, it was a pleasure because at the last uh, the last game um uh, i went to the stall because i got there a bit late and i didn't have time to nip into the pub and um and, and JK was there selling his wares. Well, he'd sold his wares. They had completely gone um, along with Tim. And I got Tim's last book as well, um, which I still owe Tim for, but he's going to, he'll get hold of me if he wants that money. Um, and um, and I was just standing there chatting and, and chewing the, the, the fats in general, as you do at the stall, when uh, this chap said to me, um, it's Tony, isn't it? And I said, yeah, yes, yeah. And it was Kelvin Barker. And I've never met Kelvin. Wow. I've known I've known him through Twitter. He's used my ticket, God knows it well, several times or whatever. Uh he's it, just one of these genuinely nice blokes. And so I had somebody to chat to, um, because he's a, he's quite the expert on New York and I'm I'm due to go there in three weeks, I think. So yeah, yeah. I've never met him either. I've never met him either, Tony, and there he was. And yeah, it was such a such a lovely chat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, in fact, yeah, it was yeah. it was fantastic seeing lots of people that I'd never met in the flesh. Yeah, with Twitter friends, it was great. Yeah, and in yeah, fact, in yeah. fact, you were you were very popular because we didn't speak much. You were just um, you were being greeted left, right, and centre. Uh, yeah. So yeah, well, it's 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 funny how that's gone, but you know, it, it's a joy to be there. So yes, um, uh, this has been an absolute joy tonight. And it, and it, do you know what the other thing is as well? I, I kind of like the international breaks. So I, I go against the grain a little bit because it's like a little breather. Um, away from the sort of general pressure of, of of the Premier League or whatever, but this has kind of warmed me up to go back in. Do mm, you know what I mean? I do, like I a, do, I do. It's like a, a touchline stretch. Well, you know, it's funny you were mentioning the stall there because I meant to say this earlier, of course, but we had some horribly, horribly sad news uh, this week uh, that uh, my old mucker Martin King, who of course uh, was the author of uh, Hulifan uh, One and Hulifan Two, but also co-wrote. Uh, I, I mean, the the, the definitive uh, biography on Peter Osgood, which he co-wrote with the lovely Martin Knight. But, uh, of course, I also, you know, I got to know Martin because I I did all those Chelsea special shows with him. So I had a huge amount of fun running around with him on a Saturday interviewing the likes of Gary Chivers and Johnny Bumstead and Bobby Tamling and all the other people that we interviewed. But uh, dear Martin, bless his heart, he sadly passed away this week, um, which was horrible news to wake up to on, I think it was it was yesterday, Thursday. So I just wanted uh, to mention what a huge loss that is to me and all the other people, and particularly the lovely Jan and, and his family and relatives. But uh, he's a great loss to the Chelsea community because he was an absolutely hilarious character. I mean, he was he was brilliant. I mean, really lovely bloke and solid as a rock and very, very funny. And he will be very, very sorely and dearly missed by everybody who was lucky to know him. So I just wanted to make sure I got that in before we disappear tonight yeah. yes indeed so anyway on a rather so sad note 
Uh, it's time to bring it to a close, really. I just want to thank the uh, the uh, lovely people in Mixler for turning up on a Friday night. It's amazing that they do. I love the fact they do. Uh, as I said, we'll be back on Monday and next Friday, as we always are. So thank you for listening. See you next week. And until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Love the Chelsea! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.